praise the Lord. Life Ministry has identified a number of us to uh, share on different areas, and the one that was given to me uh, is focusing on the aspect of abuse and sexuality in the family. And it's based on the reading which, which was taken from Genesis. If we can all of us go there, Genesis chapter 34, uh, verses 1 to, to 19. Genesis 34, verses 1 to 19. It's a story about the revenge against Sekem. And it says that one day, Dina, daughter of Jacob and Leah, went to visit some of the young women who lived in the area. But when the local prince Shechem, son of Hama, the Hivite, saw Dina, he seized her and raped her. But then he fell in love with her, and he tried to win her affection with tender words. He said to his father, Hama, get me this young girl. I want to marry her. Verse 5, when Jacob had, that Sekem had defiled his daughter, Dina, but since his sons were out in the fields herding his livestock, he said nothing until when they returned. Hama, Sekem's father, came to discuss the matter with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob's sons had come in from the field as soon as they heard what had happened. They were shocked and furious that their sister had been raped. Shechem had done a disgraceful thing against uh, Jacob's family, something that should never be done. Hama tried to speak with Jacob and his sons. My son Shechem, Shechem is truly in love with your daughter, he said. Please let him marry her. In fact, let's arrange other marriages too. You give us your daughters for our sons, and we give you our daughters for your sons. And you may live among us. The land is open to you. Settle here and trade with us. And feel free to buy property in the area. Then Shechem himself spoke to Dina's father and brothers. Please be kind to me and marry her, he begged. I'll give you whatever you ask, no matter what dowry or gift that you demand. I'll gladly pay it. Just give me the girl as my wife. But since Shechem had defiled their sister, Dina, Jacob's sons responded deceitfully to Shechem and his father, Hama. They said to them, we couldn't possibly allow this because you are not circumcised. It would be a disgrace for a sister to marry a man like you. But here is the solution. Every man among you will be circumcised like we are. Then we will give you our daughters and we will take your daughters for ourselves. We will live among you and become one people. And if you don't agree to be circumcised, we'll take her and be on our way. Ham and his son Shechem agreed, agreed to their proposal. Shechem wasted no time in acting on this request, for he wanted Jacob's daughter desperately. 
Shechem was a highly respected member of his family, and he went with his father, Hama, to present his proposal to the leaders in the town gate. Uh, before I go on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you so much for this time when you've brought us together to share about uh, families, to share about the experiences of our families at Crossroads. And I, as I go on to talk about abuse and sexuality in the family, Lord, I pray that uh, may your words may, may uh, 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 manifest in this sharing, and may the meditations of my heart also be accepted to you, O oh, Master. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. From the reading that we've just had, it's a very... It's not a very good story, especially for the family of Sekem. Uh, from this passage, you see that Sekem was a victim of what we normally call love at first sight. But his actions were so impulsive and evil. Not only did he sin against Dina, but he also uh, sinned against the entire family of Jacob. Now, in this passage, we see three key consequences of this action. And one of the major ones that Sekem's did was severe both for his family and for Jacob's. Then secondly, it's important for us to note that no one should ever allow anybody's sexual passion to lead to evil actions. Passion must be controlled. Now we must recognize that the sexual sin is such a devastating sin and its consequences can be far-reaching and almost everlasting. Now, I've, I was given this topic about abuse and sexuality in the family. You know, when you talk about abuse itself, it's such a, a wide area in itself, abuse. And now, sexuality is also another aspect of, you know, of, of the human way of wiring. Abuse can be in the form of the physical abuse, you know, torture, caning and beating and mistreating a member of the family. We all know that abuse has manifested in our families in the form of domestic violence, which is something that is occupying lots of stories that we read about in different forms of media. But I would like to narrow my, sh my sharing to sexual abuse in families. Praise the Lord. I would like to share with you a few uh, statistics. Uh, according to the Centers of Disease Control, CDC, uh, it's known that approximately one in five boys or one in four girls are sexually abused 
before the age of 18. And then secondly, I will, I will share with you that 90% of all the children who are victims of abuse usually know the person who has abused them. Okay? And then 60% of all child victims of sexual abuse are normally, uh, this happens to, uh, to them by people within the family who they even trust. And about 40% of child victims are usually abused by uh, those who are a bit stronger than them. Somebody who's able to manipulate, you know, uh, uh, who, who's able to, who's, who has that capacity to manip manipulate them. And of course, coming out of the extended time of lockdown, which ended recently, uh, these are issues that have been happening in our families, and most of who, which may not have even been uh, brought to, to book or brought to justice or brought to the media. So this is a problem that we need to pray and watch about and be able to, uh, to check. There are different forms of sexuality, of course, as we may all know, but sexuality really boils down into the components of, you know, sens be, you know being se sensuality, intimacy, you know, the feelings between male and female, identity, where somebody is able to tell that one is, is a man, one is a woman. So, I was trying to look for what should be the most appropriate definition of what we call sexual abuse. And I thought that probably we can uh, uh, take the one that I came, came across where it is being defined as the behavior that involves forcing or enticing usually children or a young person to take part in sexual activities that are not necessarily involving uh, and, and usually doesn't involve uh, a lot of violence you know, because it, it, it normally happens in a very discreet uh, form. And sometimes, especially when it happens to children, they may not be aware. You know, you know, especially when they are toddlers. It's terrible. So activities of sexual abuse can involve things like physical contact. It can involve assault by, uh, by penetration. We are, we, I, I, we are all adults here, and I'm sure you, talk, you know what I'm talking about when I say penetration. And also there are other non-penetrative activities like masturbation, masturbating, kissing, rubbing, touching in areas that have not been covered by somebody's clothing. So, and since we live in a, an, a, a, a technological age, there's a lot of sexual abuse that can take place even online. T 
technology has been used to facilitate, to facilitate uh, this vice within our families, at our workplaces, and within the neighborhoods where we live. The other thing that we need to, to recognize is that sexual abuse is not solely perpetrated by adult males because there have been uh, reports and cases where even females have, you know, have act, uh, committed acts of sexual abuse on children. So, the other fact that I have to share here, brethren, is that children, is, uh, right from the age of birth onwards, may be subjected to sexual abuse. And this can have a very extremely long impact and on the emotional, social, and educational development uh, of this individual. Sexual abuse, uh, which normally takes place within family environments, often remains hidden. It remains hidden. And usually this is the most secretive and difficult type of abuse for children and young people which they are not able to disclose especially to their parents or anybody who is responsible for them. And what is interesting that many children and young people sometimes may not recognize them as themselves as victims of se sexual abuse. A child may not understand, for example, what is happening and may not even understand what's wrong, especially when the perpetrator uh, uh, manipulates an environment to, to reduce the risk of disclosure or when he or she tries to threaten them. Sometimes they even tell them that they may not be believed when they report uh, this situation to the person who is responsible uh, for them. So, therefore, sexual abuse, especially when it is being perpetuated by a family member, it may be not possible to identify easily, yes, I've, yes uh, as I've already noted, but it's... Uh, there are a number of things that, you know, a sensitive parent, a sensitive person of responsibility, there are certain signs, there are a range of signs that you, one may be able to see, to discern that is, there is a problem, there is abuse uh, uh, sexually of this child. Now, I would like to share with you some of these uh, apparent signs. One of them is usually change in behavior of this child. Now, change in behavior can manifest in terms of becoming more aggressive or it might, it might manifest in terms of becoming withdrawn. You just see somebody who has been quite outgoing and then, you know, when he goes to school, he's by, or she's by herself, he doesn't want to mix with other peers. 
Sometimes somebody may become so clingy, you know. Uh, when, when, when you drop this person to school, then you do, he wants to come back with you. That's one of the signs. The other, the other significant sign to watch out is having problems at school, especially concentration. Of course, which reflects, which has a bearing in performance. Usually, there is a very steep drop in the quality of performance, especially for the child. Sometimes the, uh, the uh, signs of sexual abuse may manifest in having sleep problems. Somebody cannot sleep or is always dozing, whether on the dining table, whether in class, And then it can also manifest in, in terms of sudden incidences of bedwettings. You know, somebody who was sleeping and leaving the bed dry, whenever he or she wakes up, the, the bed is wet. There are also situations where you, you observe when this child interacts uh, with a person, it shows fright. Is frightened. It doesn't, you know. When you, uh, you know, people that he, uh, he or she has been interacting with, all of a sudden you realize that he gets frightened to mix with them. There is also the, the of course, the, the physical symptoms of pregnancy in adolescents, uh, STIs, and. You know, unexplained bleeding, especially in the private areas of this individual, which are, of course brings into other challenges of poor hygiene, which can also lead to isolation, especially in school. So these are some of the things that we need to watch out for our children. So I'm, like I said, I'm narrowing down my sharing on sexual abuse on children. Sometimes you may also see injuries or bruises on certain parts of the body in the face. Bite marks or injuries on breasts and uh, parts of the lower ab abdomen or even thighs. But our brethren, the word of God in Psalms chapter 127 uh, verse 3 it admonishes us to behold Children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. So it was, it's, it's, it's therefore our cardinal responsibility is to really be in charge of our children and be able to watch and be sensitive to make sure that they live in a secure environment. Now there are, uh, of course, there are different set, setups of, of different homes. Uh, where different homes have different amounts of space. Children sharing one room, all of them, adolescents, young ones, and parents. But even when there's a lot of space, it's very important for us to watch out as parents to be able to, take, uh, to avoid situations of children, our own children being abused. There are a number of things that, we can, that can be done to prevent this kind of set of affairs. The first one is to be able to talk 
about body parts to our children so that they know the functionalities of our body organs. And of course, we have the challenge that in uh, culturally we are not, you know, we, we, it, it becomes a bit not comfortable to pronounce, uh, you know, certain names of body parts because of our cultural upbringing. It's important to name body parts and talk about them very early. Use, you can use proper names, you know, for particular body parts. Or at least teach your child what the actual words are for their body parts. I can tell you how many young children, you know, have called especially, the, you, know, the, you know, the female part, uh, body part, to call, to, you can call it a bottom, for example, as an illustration. Feeling comf comfortable using these words and knowing what they mean can have a very big impact to help the child talk clearly, especially if something inappropriate has happened to this child. Praise the Lord. Secondly, it's important to teach them that their body parts are exclusively private. Okay? It's important to tell our children that their body, nobody is supposed to touch them. No one. Tell your child that their body, private body parts are called private because they're not for everybody to see. Explain that probably mommy or daddy may see them naked, but people outside the home should only see them with their clothes. Of course, when uh, your child falls sick, goes in hospital for checkup, and you are the daddy and mommy, I think there is an uh, a right for you to be able to see uh, this child. It's important to explain to our children uh, probably also how it, their doctor can see them without their clothes. Of course, in the presence of mommy and daddy. And this can only happen when the doctor is checking something which may be wrong with their bodies. Thirdly, it's important to teach our children body boundaries. Amen? It's important to tell your child as a matter of fact that no one should touch their private parts and no one should ask them to touch another person's private parts. Parents often will forget the second part of this sentence. Because sexual abuse usually begins with the perpetrator to ask this child to touch them themselves. Fourthly, it is important to note that most perpetrators tell the child to keep abuse secret. If you tell, I will, you know, th threatening. This, you, this can be done in such a friendly way, uh, friendly way sometimes, such as, you know, I love playing with you, you know, I like doing this with you. But if you tell 
somebody, anyone else that we played, they won't let me come over again. You know, we have to be careful, especially in situations of coaching, uh, extended relatives in our, our, our home environments. This is something that we need to watch out. Tell your children that no matter what anyone tells them, body secrets are not okay. And they should always tell you if somebody tries to make them keep a body secret. You know, those kind of uh, strange behaviors. Fifth it is it's important to tell your child that no one should take pictures of their private parts. There have been situations where people, uh, even when uh, people at the university going age and they engage themselves in exchanging pictures of themselves when they're not dressed. This one's always, we, we, we always miss it as parents. Now there's a whole sick world out there of people who they call pedophiles who love to take and trade pictures of naked children online. This is an epidemic and puts, it can put our children at risk. So it is important therefore to tell them that nobody should ever take pictures of their private parts. Sixthly, some children are uncomfortable with telling some people no. You know, there is, I think this is a personality trait. You know, they can't, you know, they always fear to say no. Even if they are uh, manipulating them in this kind of uh, sexual abusive environment. Tell them that it's, 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 it's okay. Uh, it, it's okay to tell an adult that they have to leave. I mean, yeah? because sometimes we, we, we host relatives in our families. And uh, I mean, the, sometimes when this person uh, seems to be exhibiting uh, sexually abusive behaviors, children should be able to, to, to uh, should be able and free to report to us, to the parents, and tell the person to leave. I mean, so there are certain situations where we have to be really candidly uh, open because this is in the interest of protecting our children. Seventhly, uh, sometimes in families you can have certain codes, certain words that you can use which nobody can ever understand, right? I, I use the word, you know, as children get older, you can give them a code word, eh? so that they are able to, you are able to communicate amongst yourself so that they can use this when they are feeling unsafe. Praise the Lord. This can be used at home or when there are guests around in the house or when uh, uh, they are in an environment where there are people who are not uh, necessarily members of the family. And, and with this, I would like to emphasize that the habit of sleeping overs. You know, somebody invited, uh, you know, our friends invited us for a birthday. We, we had a lot of struggles with our own daughter where there are friends who have invited her for birthdays. And uh, uh, one day I wanted it to become a little more flexible. I dropped her there. Then I had to actually hang around just to see what is happening. 
which is, can be a very expensive uh, you know, venture, really. Very expensive because it means that we spend the, the, you know, the, whole, the, the whole day. Yeah. And uh, there have been situations of friends inviting. And we're like, how come it is your friends inviting? Why don't you also bring them here at home? And, you know, you, sometimes you see, uh, you, you experience some kind of, some form of disagreement because I think there are people who are out to manipulate children, inviting them for functions where there are drinks and eats and the drinks can be sedated and anything can happen to these uh, children. So it's important to watch out. It's important to tell our children that a body touch can bring about tickling. It can, you know, because, you know, anybody can be aroused. Yeah? And you see, perpetuators use this opportunity when somebody, the child has been aroused and then they go on to be able to do their mischief. So, many, of parent, many parents talk about the good touch and the bad touch and this can be confusing because often these touches uh, they, don't, they don't actually hurt. Okay? Or feel bad. You know? So, let's be able to sensitize our children about the forms of uh, uh, people who they interact with who may in, uh, engage in things like touching them in areas which are not appropriate. It's therefore important to teach our children about arousal. Arousal might be one of the most important uh, physiological re uh, responses related to sexual abuse that our children need to know about. It's important, therefore, to explain to them that touching certain parts of their bodies can make them feel the way it does or who is allowed to do it to them. And, of course, arousal is automatic. It's a reflex that our bodies uh, manifest in response to any form of stimuli. So, therefore, it's important to inform our children accordingly. And of course, as parents, it's important to also pay particular attention to who our children spend time with. Okay? Kids are going to be in situations where they can, they may, uh, where they may have no one, no one-on-one -on -one time with individuals, whether it's friends or teachers or coaches or or babysitters. It's therefore important to keep the line of communication open. It doesn't have to be a paranoid way, you know, just ask, where did you, what, you know, what did you do when you went to, you know, who, who did you interact with? Ask those questions in a very subtle but intelligent way. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Word of God tells about different situations where sex has been defined in a way, uh, uh, it, it has been defined as where it should be appropriate and where it is not. I wanted us to, uh, to uh, maybe when, uh, when you go back home, because our time is fast spent, uh, 
the word of God in Levi- uh, the book of Leviticus, chapter 18, verses 6 to 20, 27. It spells out so many things. Maybe if we can quickly look at it. Uh, Leviticus. Leviticus. Or if there is anybody who has come across that, he could help us and read. We are, we are reading from Leviticus, chapter 18, verse 6. To 27. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister, your father's daughter, or your mother's daughter, whether brought up in the family or another home. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter or of your daughter's daughter, for their nakedness is is your own nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter brought up in your father's family since she is your sister. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is your father's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother, that is, you shall not approach his wife, she is your auntie. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law, she is your son's wife. You shall not uncover the nakedness. You shall not her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman of, of her daughter, and you shall not take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are relatives. It is de- depravity. And you shall not Take a woman as a rival wife to her sister, uncovering her nakedness while her sister is still alive. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness while she is in her menstrual uncleanness. And you shall not lie sexually with your, with your neighbor's wife and so, you, and so make yourself unclean with her. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Morek and to profane, and so profane the name of your God. I think you can stop there. Praise the Lord. The word of, the, the word of God is so clear, very clear, about how we are supposed to, to, to look at these relations in, in, uh, uh, these relations in our families. The word of God is so clear about how we're supposed to protect ourselves from being an embarrassment in our families to the societies where we live. The word of God tells us that you teach your child the way of the Lord and you will never depart away from it. Let's be able to tell them how they should dress. The school where my children have been going, they they discourage uh, this thing of men putting on uh, trousers and then they are balancing. Because I'm told people who are pra- practicing homosexuality, 
they put on di uh, diapers, and therefore they have designed a fashion of trousers which, are, which can accommodate a diaper. So, let's not adopt this kind of systems that expose our children, the forms of dressing, the, the kind of functions. The other day we are hearing that at the university these days, at night, there is a, a porridge night. I don't know what this one means. They prepare porridge, and they, you know, they, uh, they actually prepare the actual buji porridge. Huh? And then they keep mixing in halls of residences, and, and it is an extended kind of activity where people ex, uh, you know, visit female residences and the other around without limit. I'm told, actually, the office of the dean has ab abolished this. So, let's watch out. Let's watch our children. Let's listen to the word of God and be able to protect our children from sexual abuse. Uh, I would like to end here, and I would like to thank uh, Life Ministry for the opportunity that they have given me to be able to share about this vice and be able to open our eyes so that we can be able to deal with it decisively. May God richly bless you.